0: love talk radio live from the dean's den with your host the dean of wrestling referee Steve Kane and from sports Lee Walker live from the dean's den brings you the latest in wrestling news and wrestling opinion from two of the best journalists in the sport so sit back Hop open a cold one and get ready for live from the Dean Den.
1: And good morning, wrestling fans. Wow, that does seem really strange to say good morning. I'm usually uh, used to just saying hello, wrestling fans, but uh, here we are. Um, Coming back after uh, the uh, technical mishaps of last night, and we are actually live, and uh, today's told one is uh, white grape, carbonated water from uh, Walmart. It's a little too early for the other stuff. Uh, I don't prescribe to the, it's after 12 somewhere of uh, a lot of people, so, uh, Lee, how you doing this morning, my friend?
2: Holy crow. After, after 12, man, Uh, New York, we're like, we're kind of like, uh, uh, it's it's five o'clock somewhere.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm a a little, I'm a little thrown off. I I used to subscribe to that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little thrown off considering the fact that it's, you know, I'm looking out the window of the studio here and, uh, it's daylight, kind of gray up here in my neck of the woods, but it's still daylight. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, uh, want to go ahead and, um, talk about, uh, Lee's, uh, little adventure yesterday, um, where he actually was, uh, involving with a, uh, rather famous personality in the in the business. Um reviled by some, revered by others. Um so go ahead and uh tell and tell us uh who you uh, who you spent uh your time with uh yesterday afternoon.
2: Yeah, so yesterday afternoon for me was spent uh with somebody who really helped shape the Monday night wars and that was vince russo um it was it was a great time vince was phenomenal to speak with uh i myself i consider myself to be a optimistic realist and vince Mm -hmm. russo is a straight up realist um one of the Mm -hmm. things that a lot of a lot of my fans at Sportskeeda and perched on the top rope really had fun with when I announced the interview was the fact that they were going to take a shot every time he said "bro." Uh, real, realistically, if you did, you wouldn't have made it past probably the first ten minutes. <laughs> um, for those who know, for the for those who know Vince Russo, he is. Widely known for using the word bro. Uh, Part of his podcast, The Russo Brand, has even made like an actual segment out of it with all the bros. Um, But it was a great time. He was really nice and, uh, you know, very informative. And then, you know, even after um, our interview, he uh, helped me with pointers because I always ask for feedback from those that I'm interviewing and I mean I've interviewed guys like Booker T Mark Henry, Kevin Nash, Honky Tonk Man you know Scott Steiner um, you know great personalities and then you know there's also some personalities that some people would say well that he's a jerk. I've never had a bad experience with anybody I've ever talked to in this industry. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Vince Russo, I can chalk up there in the top three of the nicest people I've worked with. Um, that Mm. interview for perched on the top rope, we're going to have it done. The video aspect done today will most likely go up. Uh, we'll announce when it's going to go up Sunday when we do our live show. Um, already has it I don't really get a notice from them except for a link as soon as it goes up Um, so when that I get that link I'll be sharing that around for everybody as well Um, my Friday though didn't end just there with great news because literally after that interview I got a phone call from a certain network uh, A&E network as they are doing a show with wwe now i have a zoom call next week and i will fill in everybody in more about what is going on with me and potentially wwe next week
1: oh wow that's that's going to be big that's going to be big i'm uh looking forward to to that bit of news so that is that is huge and uh speaking of news something that uh broke um earlier this morning from uh, wrestlingnews.co lee uh, michelle mccool the wife of the legendary undertaker uh has uh, posted up on her instagram that she has tested positive for covid-19 um she said that her symptoms are mild. No one else at the at the house is ill. Um, she says, oh, what I thought were my allergies turned out to be a positive COVID test earlier this week. No clue how or where I caught it. Um, and so uh, what, so, um, their daughter is really cute. Uh they got she's got a picture here on her Instagram. Um she's made an eight foot long COVID communication telephone.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Yeah. But um so that's you know, so uh that's kinda that's kind of that's kind of a uh, um a big piece of news unfortunately of course uh you know um covid still a uh you know hot topic and that um yeah. which also um has had an effect on uh on wrestlemania um, for many people uh who might not be might not be aware um wrestlemania which is usually held the uh, second Sunday of the month was originally scheduled and it had been announced at uh, last year's WrestleMania that it was going to be going back to going back to Los Angeles. Well, it looks like right now, um, WrestleMania will be going to, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, which is where they were originally supposed to have WrestleMania last year before the COVID outbreak happened, and they wound up moving everything into the Performance Center. Um, And it's looking like um, they're going to have WrestleMania either April 11th or April 18th. So... Don't know how that's gonna um, make everything. Uh, how the, you know how they're gonna how they're gonna connect storylines from uh, from the Rumble, which of course happens in uh, what two weeks from uh, tomorrow, if I've if I've got my calendar correct, and I'll uh, take a quick glance at that to make sure that I've got my. Got my dates right and that, and of course, come on, calendar pop up here. Yeah, the thirty first. So in uh, in two weeks. So it'll be so it'll be uh, you know inter- interesting to interesting to see. Um, now, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, go ahead.
2: You know the the thing that I'm really interested in when it comes to this is you know a lot of when it you know i I fully understand you know how I guess both side both sides think when it comes to covid you know there's there's the side of where people are like you know hey there's a pandemic going on you got to wear a mask stay six feet and then there's that other side where you know people don't don't follow that, or you know, people are sick of that, and people want to be out doing things. And I, I understand from from both sides, I really do. But we've we've seen time and time again so far during this pandemic that when uh, big groups come together, the outbreak is terrible. Um, yeah. You know, I would say for the time being, maybe WWE shouldn't worry about live crowds. But you know, then again, they're also trying to keep up with AEW, who has announced that they're going—you know—that they're going to be going back to to more crowds and stuff like that. They've already been doing that with their Dynamite show and this and that. Um, the the other thing that I, I I'm really intrigued with was how do they do the hall of fame because last year they had already announced a bunch of names for the hall of fame. And one of those, you know, being the NWO, um, which I had talked to, which I had talked to Virgil about because it's Hogan Uh hall, Nash and six. Well, million Mm -hmm. dollar man and Virgil were number four and five. Right. So they were left out. Uh, and I, I don't know why, and that's that's a different story. But the British Bulldog was the biggest name to come out of it, as um, Michael Finney out of England had traded this whole Davy Boy Smith campaign, and everybody in wrestling supported this campaign. So I'm I, I'm gonna be mm-hmm. a little intrigued. Do they do? You know, for WrestleMania, will they have a Hall of Fame ceremony? If they don't, will they just announce those people going into the Hall of Fame? Are they going to do a dual class where they have that class and another class? I want to know what's happening with the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, yeah. That will that will definitely be, be an interesting thing because, obviously, of course, um, now last year's uh, – Class had uh, had quite a few, including uh, John Layfield, and that always gets that always gets mentioned in uh, the pre shows that uh, that he does. So oh, we'll see. And speaking of locations, um, now the original line was that um, AEW was going to be moving next month from uh, Daly's place in Jacksonville. To Miami,
0: um,
1: but uh, now it looks like um, Tony Khan has uh, changed his mind, and they are going to stay at Daly's place in Jacksonville for, as they um, were told in an email uh, yesterday morning, for the indefinite future. Um, and of course, uh, the, um, March, uh, New Jersey show, which was one of the few still announced, uh, outside shows, um, as far as outside of Florida goes, um, has apparently now been pushed back to September because obviously, of course, there's no plans at this point to, um, be heading out of Jacksonville, now at any time in the, in the immediate, uh, in the immediate future. So. Uh, whether, you know, if the numbers, if the numbers change on COVID and that. Um, who knows? You know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of this stuff is obviously. Um, and as someone who is also. Um, you know, actively involved in the promoting scene myself. Oh, a lot a lot of this a lot of this stuff you know vaccine or not is going to um be kinda you know kind of on hold and that to uh to see what uh oh you know, will be will be happening in the you know both short and long term plan oh for both for actually for both companies and that doesn't even yeah. that doesn't even count the count the stuff uh count ring of honor which is uh oh, locked up uh doing everything in their dojo so well um you know, we just have to we just have to as the as the weather uh, as the weather changes and his vaccination um gets gets more um out there and that we'll just we'll just kind of see we'll just kind of see what happens so yeah um another yeah go ahead lee
2: no 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 i was just, i was just agreeing
1: with you oh okay okay Now, another story, now we don't have this absolutely confirmed, but this seems to be coming from a number of sources, is that um, former assistant executive producer and writer for Lucha Underground, um, Chris Krista Joseph, has apparently been hired to become the executive producer and lead writer for major league wrestling. And this comes right at the time where um, the parks are now the current MLW tag team champions and added to that stable, which is headed up by Celine de la Renta, is, one very, very famous or infamous depending on your perspective as a fan, Lucha Underground champion, the man of a thousand deaths, Mil Muertes.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and oh, please you're please, you're the MLW guy. This is this is your this is your baby, so you go ahead.
2: Okay, so yeah,
1: so at Kings
2: of at Kings of Coliseum, MLW's free pay per view, it was announced that Selena De La Renta would be the executive producer for that the following episode of MLW Fusion. Um, a lot a lot of interesting things out of this. Uh, on the pay per view of Kings of Coliseum, she also announced the match the Lowe's Parks would take on the Von Eriks, the Von Eriks being the MLW tag team champions at the time with filthy Tom Lawler as the special guest referee. Uh, So not only do we see meal Biertaz debut on that same episode as he demolished Brian Pillman Jr. The Los parks became the MLW tag team champions, but there was a rule to, to them even just getting the match. They had to join Selena de la Renta. She's setting up something big. So in, that, mm. in the same episode of MLW Fusion, she mentions Boyle Heights. Now, if you used to watch Lucha Underground, you know who Boyle Heights is. And MLW, the show did not end how it normally ends it ended with the Lucha Underground uh, temple image at the end. I don't, mm. I, 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 I don't know <sighs> what fully MLW has planned with Lucha Underground. I've heard rumors that Lucha Underground has been sold, but we're going to have to tune into MLW Fusion to get the answers that we're looking for because i don't have them there's nothing on dirt sheets as far as anything i've mentioned uh they're just rumors when it comes to lucha underground being sold as far as i know but also an old storyline has come up that originated from lucha underground where selena de la renta owed a bunch of very powerful people in wrestling money. So we could mm. be seeing we could be seeing something big come in with this storyline, but we have to watch MLW Fusion to find out because they are very good at keeping spoilers from people.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, because of course um for those who did follow Lucha Underground at the end of season three, um, Darío Cueto, who was of course the, you know, owner and promoter of Lucha Underground, was uh, shot and killed. And his father, who looked very much and sounded very much like him, um, took over the temple. But then at the at the end of the season um, I think it was Phoenix placed the stone on the chest of Dario Cueto, laying in the coffin and all of a sudden his eyes opened up and of course there was never a uh, following season because of all the uh, um, legal and financial situations Uh, for those who don't know uh, Lucha Underground was actually um, Co-owned by um, the uh, by the network and AAA, and El Rey Network has um, shut down completely. It is gone. Um, it was a part of the Univision group, and uh, apparently, obviously, they were eating up too much money to go to keep them, to keep them intact. So Univision just, uh, dissolved them completely. But AAA still owned the Lucha underground brand. And of course, uh, that is where a lot of, uh, situations with, uh, names, most notably of, uh, Phoenix and, uh, Pentagon, Penta, El Cero. Um, got into all sort all sorts of uh issues and that. Now Ricky Banderas who is Mil Muertes, I don't know if somehow apparently he had purchased the rights to his name or whatever the case may be. But yeah uh, so now so that's that's yeah, now that's gonna be interesting. I've got a it's been a while since I've uh Caught up on any MLW, and so obviously I'm going to have to kind of watch that to see what's going on myself, especially if they're uh, possibly uh, bringing back a, a connection with Lucha Underground. So,
0: yeah,
2: like I said, it's 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 going to be interesting to see, and the way that Selena De La Renta's view of how MLW Fusion was portrayed was done it w- it was awesome it was a great show um and, oh yeah and this all goes back to when we had talked in previous shows we had talked about all these different tie-ins you know like right mm-hmm. now we see impact and in aw working really well together uh we right. know that you know and, and you know conan works at Impact, but Conan also works at MLW. You know, right? And, you know, because of him, there's and, ties to AAA.
1: Right. I gotta say, he and uh, um, he and Hugo Savinovich are uh, currently the uh, the bookers for AAA.
2: Yeah. So you know, so there's there's all sorts of various tie-ins to wrestling right now, and, and now. You know, so like we know, like MLW and AAA, they they've just had a pretty good working relationship because Laredo Kid was, you know, part of the MLW Opera Cup, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Laredo Kid in AAA just wrestled Kenny Omega for Kenny Omega's uh, AAA Mega Championship. You know, so we're seeing all sorts of various tie-ins and to me adding lucha underground which to me was a real innovative wrestling program because that's where we really saw a lot of cinematic style type stuff in their backstage segments and everything made you feel like you're watching a movie compared to a backstage segment in professional wrestling done very very well and i'm really Mm -hmm. intrigued And to me, having Lucha Underground with all these different various tie-ins, with all these various promotions, is like the icing on the cake.
1: Yes, yes. Well, it's like, um, I don't know if you remember the uh, Dynamite segment um, with uh, Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss having that fight at the gas station. But... I'm wa- I'm watching it and as and as everything's going on, I'm going. That's Lucha Underground stuff. Yeah, I mean they they filmed it the the exact same way that a you know Lucha Ground Lucha Underground location shot was done back in the day, and um, of course on on our other program here on ERN we have had a lot of uh, the of the uh, Lucha Underground people on over the years. Um, Famous P was uh, pretty much almost a regular of ours, um, as was uh, the man now known as Isaiah Swerve Scott, Killshot, Marty Casaus, Marty the Moth, um, and uh, um, Curly Perez, Katrina, were all kinda of, kinda of regular regular guests of ours. Um, we had had a we had a great show with um Killshot and Marty uh the night that um the weapons of mass destruction match aired and that and we talked about the whole semblance of how that how that feud oh you know, was developed and everything. Got a lot into the psychology of the, of the industry and that. Um, And they had some, you know, for, for all the, for all the, uh, you know, crazy uh, time element, time travel type elements and mystical type stuff that they had. Oh, they had some amazing, amazing wrestling. When you sit there and look at it and you look at some of the, people that have come out of that um john morrison who had basically kind of been almost forgotten reinvented himself as johnny mundo and became and became hot again um the man we now know as luchasaurus was vibaro um Thunder Rosa of course, uh she was Cobra Moon. I mean, you know, look you know I mean the hybrid two. Okay. Both of course were were big uh triple A stars, but when they but when they joined forces in Lucha Underground, you know, it tur- it turned into something which is now being translated over into AEW. So you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot of that. Uh, and I mean, you know, you speak about uh, Kenny Omega, and of course, uh, as as we're doing this show live tonight is uh, hard to kill. And Kenny and his former Bullet Club uh, teammates uh Gallows and Anderson will be taking on Impact Champion Rich Swan and former uh, Impact Tag Team Champions the Motor City Machine Guns, and. You think about this, okay, this is right now the second time that an AEW champion has come into another company and has been recognized as AEW champion, with the first, of course, being Chris Jericho um, when he did last year's Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, of course. That's a, that's another situation where, um, depending on the uh um vaccine effectiveness and that to how soon um travel can possibly resume. Um now that uh Harold May is out as uh, president of uh New Japan and their current president seems to be more willing to work with AEW Oh, I mean we might we might be you know, outside of Guerrillas of Destiny and I'm and I'm saying that because Kamatonga is definitely not happy with the AEW storyline about Omega, Gallows and Anderson, even though it now appears that uh They've screwed over the young bucks. Oh, they're still involved in it, and that. But the post that uh, I had seen uh, of uh, Tamatanga's where he talks about betrayal, is a post of uh, Kenny Gallus and Anderson. So that's kinda, that kind of that kind of seems to be where his head is at. So I'm you know doubting my dream match of. Gorillas of Destiny, FTR, Good Brothers, and Young Bucks is going to happen. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of have to leave. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Well, what makes it even more interesting with uh, Tamatanga in this whole thing with, with, you know, Kenny, the Young Bucks, and uh, Gallows and Anderson is at the end of AEW, Couple of weeks back, when they all came together and raised their hands and gave that infamous two-sweet symbol. Now, someone had tweeted to Tamatunga saying, But what about that seasoned assist? Right. Because w- WWE sent over to the Bullet Club in New Japan a seasoned assist about being able to use that symbol. And I believe they stopped. So somebody right. had tweeted that to Tomatonga and he quote tweeted it and wrote lies. So now he's even questioning was there even a seasoned assist letter about using the two sweet thing because now they're using it on AEW.
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah. Well and it's weird because I mean if you if you think back to when Gallows and Anderson first basically popped onto the scene at WWE. Now, at first, they had AJ not wanting anything to do with them, which then eventually, you know, the ice kind of thawed, and then all of a sudden, oh, one night on SmackDown, before you know it, before you realize what's happening, Gallows and Anderson hold, hold the sign up, AJ brings, AJ brings it all together and boom. Um, L. Um, and in fact, for a while there, um, before, before they left WWE. Um, and this was something that I had noticed. I had mentioned on our other program that um, Gallows' outfit had on it. OGBC, which oh, I, I always, which yeah, I always took that to mean, yeah, you know, were the OGs of the Bullet Club, which yeah. I took that, I took that, I took that as sort of a shot at New Japan, because um, Vince tried to buy the Bullet Club trademark. From New Japan, and New Japan refused to sell it to him. Good one of those one of those few times that somebody said no to Vince McMahon and got away with it. It seems so. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's not like Japan is some little rinky dinky Indie promotion either Yeah no I mean
2: New Japan is to me the WWE Of Japan they're the biggest
0: company yeah. Over
2: there you know And and you know they have a Huge history of, of, of Pro wrestling over there And stuff with, with when it comes to New Japan and you know The history of their you know Championships and everything uh, Yeah you, you know but the the the, the realistic thing to it all is WWE has aside from DX that's been really the only in my eyes long term successful faction that they had that lasted you know Um, and and even they saw breakups and comebacks and heel turns and Mm -hmm. face turns and this and that you know but Right, but they needed they needed a faction to to last as that long, because they had they had the the competition of the NWO. Um, right, but since then, uh, I want to ask you since since the days of DX and everything, can you mm-hmm. name one faction besides the New Day? Because I don't consider them a faction. There's only three of them.
0: Right, exactly. A, su-
2: a successful faction that has lasted over two years in WWE since DX. Boy. It's a little hard, isn't it?
1: No, no, because I don't I don't think I don't think even uh Legacy lasted that long.
2: No, and Legacy was a trio. And and for a very short time, they had Alpha Junior, who was part of that group. Right, right. And he only and he only lasted a short time. Uh, And and legacy ended up just being a a trio. To me, a faction is more than three people, but I can't think of any because WWE doesn't know what to do with factions anymore.
1: No, you're right. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. I mean. I mean, you know, I mean, we're, you know, supposedly, you know, seeing it right now with, uh, with retribution, but, you know, you don't even, you don't even see retribution that much to, um, consider, you know, consider themselves, so, consider them any sort of major player. I mean, I think the closest thing that's coming, possibly coming to it is, um, when uh oh when uh, Roman Reigns and uh oh both the uh both the USOs come on.
2: Yeah. Um and even and then and even then we're, and then, we're still and dealing with a right, trio. Go ahead. No, right, go No, even then you're still dealing but, with a trio.
1: Yeah. But the uh but the uh, potential though um is that um, Apollo Cruz is going to join I mean oh you Wait, know Beau? what we, for, we forgot yeah, yeah um, they had that backstage segment uh, last night with uh, um, Roma talking to talking to Cruz.
2: a whole family thing that makes no sense to me, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you know what okay we're for- you know what we're forgetting the hurts is, but then again, they haven't been around that long to consider them any sort of uh stable type of situation, and they're hitting at uh troubles between uh Benjamin and uh Alexander. Which could go ahead and break them up pretty soon. Now it's, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, realistically, there hasn't been a major faction, at least, you know, in, in WWE since the days of DX. So yeah.
2: And you know, like, like you said, you had brought up the hurt business and and retribution. Well, a retribution lost lost me when they started with the the the, the goofy masks and, and and I can't take them serious because they started off like so reckless. And at one point there was 20 or 30 people running around with them. And now it's down to, to five and they had even dropped Missy Martinez, which she got lucky, to be honest with you. Um, right. The hurt, exactly. business, the hurt Business is kind of, to me, like a modern day um nation of domination uh without the undertones of the nineteen sixties black panthers like the nation had with the you know the right. fist coming up and, and everything. Um but the hurt business they they just they they haven't done enough. They're there's they're not in the main event picture like yeah. D X. You know, they're not in the they're okay. not the main event storyline. Like DX had, or like in WCW, NWO. Uh, so, like that when you I when what? I look when I I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Lee.
2: So, like when I when I say like I haven't seen a successful faction since DX, I haven't seen a main event faction since DX. You know, uh, and mm, I don't yeah. again, I don't count, I don't count the trios, I don't count a group of three. A faction is a group of four or more to me. Right. Um, I just haven't seen it, and I think it's because WWE truthfully does. I mean, you have the undisputed air in NXT, but that's not the main roster. Um,
1: Right. Thank God for them that I think. I think that I think main roster would kill those guys.
2: Oh, Vince would be either too small, and, and you'd end up seeing one of them on 205 Live. To be honest with you, I feel like, or more. Or
0: main than one main yeah, event. Yeah.
2: Or, you know, regulated to main event. I'm scared for Adam Cole because he's only 160 pounds and he's like five, six at best. I got to meet him yeah. and I, like, stood next to him and I'm like, wow, he looks a lot bigger on TV. But that's neither <laughs> here nor there. <laughs> you know, it's just WWE main roster has not had a successful main event action since dX days and it's been well over 20 years now
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly well you know as, as we're as we're talking I started uh you know kind of thinking more uh, of the hurt on the hurt business end in that and to me the hurt business I'm and what I'm what I'm now getting in my mind is a black or horseman. Minus a J.J. Dillon. With MVP playing the Ric Flair role. Always always wearing the fancy suits and everything. I mean, they all do the fancy dress stuff, that, which really wasn't actually a four-horseman thing. I mean, Flair was about the only one of them that you normally would see in street clothes. Everybody else, and Dillon, of course. Everybody else you would normally... See in their in their gear, in their trunks and boots. So that's you know I mean really when you sit back and you think about it, no there have there has not been a major stable, a big stable, a main event stable since the days of DX and the NWO. Wow. Mm. know oh, it's, it's, yes. it's 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 gonna be interesting yeah you know, i'm i'm waiting i'm waiting to you know see on I me, mean, like right now on a e w tully Blanchard has both f t r and sean spears, but they always emphasize at least spears emphasizes that he is his own person and he's not part of any group with Tully and FTR. So, you know, I'm not I'm not sure you well know, that it will go any farther than that, but um, you know, we'll we'll have to see. Now, um kind of going a little bit on that uh retribution line. Um of course, they'd had the story with uh Lucifali and uh, and Ricochet. Um, so um, there's been, of course, uh, rumors on uh, on Ron Ricochet's contract and that.
2: Well, oh, I'm so um, glad you brought that up. Go ahead. Oh no, I just I'm so glad you brought that up. I want to let you uh, you know do your thing and then. I'll I'll come in after.
1: All right. Well, um there, there were some rumors that his contract was due to expire soon and that and no it is not. Um according to information from the observer when he was when he was signed to the main roster, which was at a point where um WWE was attempting to um keep guys from potentially signing with aew um they they locked guys into five year deals and that um and um so according so according to this um his contract does not expire until summer of twenty twenty four
0: yeah.
2: Well So um,
1: take it from there.
2: Yep, no, uh so reports came from uh everybody's favorite website, Ringside News, and uh to the point oh, that gosh. Ricochet Ricochet quote tweeted it with uh you know uh you know, the hands pointing down to to the link and everything, and wrote, uh, I, I don't know exactly what he wrote verbatim, word for word, but it was something along the lines of uh, two hands pointing down saying, this is fake, uh, referring to the article that Ringside News had written, and I don't want to take away from this story, but this is not the only article of the day from the other day that Ringside News would be heavily called out for. Uh, Ringside News is known as probably the trashiest dirt sheet known to man. Um, One of their writers wrote an article referring to John Huber as having preconditioned lung damage that caused his death. And uh, John's wife, Amanda, had caught eye and wrote something on Instagram. And then uh, we would all know him as uh, Aiden English. He wrote on Twitter. Matt, uh, Matt Rowe, who I worked
1: with uh, in a uh, independent promotion up here, Chicago style wrestling. I saw that. I saw that on Twitter last night. So please go keep on with that one.
2: Yes, yeah, so he had he had gone on Twitter. As we've known, he you know he goes by his real name now um, on 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 all his social media, and he had tweeted, you know, he was very unhappy about Ringside News with this article that it was it was clickbait title and that it was it's false mm-hmm. news and that everybody should go unfollow them. And to be honest, when it comes to ringside news, I have worked there. I know Steve Carrier. He's all about the money. They never retract their articles if it's false or wrong information. And when it came to this article, they didn't They didn't retract the story. They took the same article and just put a different title saying that, you know, Amanda, Amanda Huber refers to. They never retracted it. And uh the writer H. Jenkins had tweeted an apology. But to be honest, nobody sees the apology. The man has like no followers on Twitter. So I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's very much like the uh situation with the uh um editorial that uh was uh, written in the torch, which basically kind of follow that same storyline, which uh, the Torch thankfully not only deleted, but fired the piece of trash that wrote it.
2: Yes, yes. Um, And to me, that just kind of tells you just, you know, what kind of a guy John is. But, you know, for me as like a journalist standpoint, knowing that you know, these people are producing these kind of news. Um, I'll break it down real simple for you. Like it, uh, everywhere I've ever written, you have editors. So it's not just the writer the writer, who should be getting in trouble. An editor approved that article. Editors approved these articles at ringside and posted them. Mm-hmm. They should be getting in trouble too, not just the writer, because somebody else approved the article, not just the writer. Um, right. So like when I write an article, I I hit submit, and it goes to an editor. An editor, you know, edits, you know, any you know any sort of little mistakes or you know might reword a few things and then posts it for you. But even before then, you have to get the article approved by somebody, mm-hmm. by an, a, an editor and stuff like that. And at SportsKita, there's all sorts, of, you know, managers and head you know, senior editors and this and that. So there's a lot of people that this goes by before it even gets on the internet. So I'm just kind of baffled. Mm-hmm. How were these articles getting approved? Didn't anybody read the title and say, "Yo, uh, this is bad." Um, my issue when you're getting such negative press like ringside news does from, from pro wrestlers and this and that, and say that article mm-hmm. was, you know, that you were just talking about as a journalist who does interviews, when you go to say, hi, my name's so-and-so, and I work at ringside news, ain't nobody going to want to talk to you. Yeah. And, and and PW torch could feel that effect of, you know, from AEW saying, no, you had that one trashy article. We're not sending you anyone to interview. Sorry. That's a lot of Mm -hmm. references be lost. That's a lot of, you know, articles for your writers that can that can transcribe, you know, from your person who who had done the interview and stuff like that. That can that can that can hit pretty hard, you know, and and sort of in that essence.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, speaking of trash, um, Sean Morley. Formerly valden
2: <laughs>
1: who i've had some I've had some run-ins with this guy on twitter uh or on facebook um let's put let's put it this way: this guy is so much into conspiracy theories he makes Jesse Ventura seem like a normal person so. <clears throat> You're not wrong. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, and Well, Mr. Morley is upset because uh, he has been temporarily blocked on Twitter after he shared content that, as far as Twitter goes, violated their child sexual exploitation policy. And... It's And what it is, is it's a uh, bunch of uh, false claims about uh, President-elect Biden's son, Hunter, who has been a uh, huge uh, target of the Republicans since before the real start of the campaign. Um, he has uh, called the rock a sellout. Um, he said he was disappointed at Arnold Schwarzenegger's video. Um, calls calls him a traitor. Um, just, I mean, sub, yeah. Sub, well, if you if you if you've ever if you ever if you looked at Sean Morley on social media, uh, unfortunately this is typical Morley uh i you know i i sometimes i sometimes wonder because well he owns a uh, string of uh marijuana dispensaries in Arizona and has uh referred to himself as captain cannabis. I wonder if he's uh sampled a little too much of his product over the years <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, as a, uh, I'll just say it. Fuck, I don't care. As an active cannabis user myself, yeah, I use it. I use it at night. I use before I go to bed. It's my sleep aid, um, but it's also helped me with uh, my depression, and it's helped me instead of taking opiates. For mm-hmm. when i have a surgery cuz i've had a surgery I'm, i i'm i'm like a, a i am i am like a have had a surgery on my stomach where i had a foot of in my intestines removed i've had three on my left shoulder and this year okay i'm actually getting ready i'm getting ready i tore my right labrum um i'm in a lot of pain so yeah. um but uh i can't get in anywhere really because of covid and um yeah. where i live where i live the hospitals are pretty full so like i have to wait right just to even have this surgery and you know the pain gets worse as time goes on and everything um i i'm not wearing a sling right now i probably should be but that's that's my own thing because if I, as soon as i put that sling on i'm not going to be able to go to work and i can't be out of work right um yeah you know so for me, it, it, it's, a, it's a medication, and, and I understand, you know, him. But I saw video of him recently. He looks – he doesn't oh, look good. He looks, he looks,
1: oh, he looks horrible. Uh, re,
2: really, really scrawny uh, in the way that he Well, talks, that's
1: probably because of the, the fact that, he's, that he hasn't been doing steroids in years. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And it's like the way that he's talking in, in the, 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 uh, the erraticness of it all from a psychological yeah. standpoint would tell me that psychologically there's something not right up there. Now, like you said, oh, yeah. steroids. Um, And we all know steroids play a huge effect on, on the brain and everything. Uh, just mm-hmm. as Chris Norwinski, you know, he, you know, went from WWE to he is the man who literally developed concussion protocols for everywhere. And, yeah, exactly. Um, um, you know, so it could be effective, all his concussions. It could be effective, the steroids. He could be on right. harder drugs, which, you know, when I saw his face and the erraticness and everything, that's the that's the vibe I got. I instantly went to, it's psychological, or he's doing mm-hmm. meth. That was the only yeah. thing that came to mind. Um, yeah. Whether I'm, well, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, you know, ass, you know, say that's what he's doing. Cause I don't know. It's just, it was just my opinion. And um, I, I can say that I've taken, pretty much any psych class that is offered during your time mm-hmm. getting a bachelor's degree. I got my first bachelor's. I graduated with 162 credits. I only needed 120. You know, mm,
1: yeah, I, I know the feeling, um,
2: you know, so those, the, the something's not right. And, and I yeah. don't, I don't care what anybody says psychologically. Something's not right with him. Whether it's mm-hmm. an abuse of steroids from back in the day, too many concussions, uh harder drugs, there's something going on there that's more than meets the eye. Uh and it's sad because he he I've he looks like he's deteriorated over the last two years.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And these, absolutely.
2: And these rambles these rambles and these tangents have become more and more on a daily basis.
0: Mm-hmm. To the point
2: that it's actually to the point that it's actually costed him. Uh, it's costed him yeah. money through you know meet and greets and virtual meet and greets and, and all of that.
1: Right. Um, exactly. You know well, exactly. And I,
2: I know he I know he's got his dispensaries and stuff and I'm sure they're doing great. It, it but yeah. in the wrestling world he's not earth, doing product. great right now. Yeah. You know if he's exactly he, he's he'd already had that character of Val Venus where in today's age now it would be very inappropriate to have on TV or you know this or that uh, but during that time mm-hmm. of the attitude era the character flourished because it was it was it was the attitude era you know yep. now that character yep. couldn't get on TV WWE wouldn't put him on TV if their life depended on it And seeing what we're seeing from him, he's literally killing off anything he's done in professional wrestling with these ramps.
1: Yep, exactly, exactly. So, and with that, we've uh, actually run out of time. So uh, we'll cover more stuff, uh, probably including uh, Hard to Kill uh, on this coming Friday. So um, for uh, for Lee, this is the Dean of Wrestling Referee Steve Kane. We will catch you all on Friday.
0: You've been listening to Live from the Dean's Den. Live from the Dean's Den airs every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio. Replays can be found on Amazon Music, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you may get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll be with you next week.